Finding Happy, Seven Steps to Relationships That Will Not Steal Your Joy is the new book by me, Nikita Banks, a licensed psychotherapist and life strategist. Leverage the knowledge you'll receive in this book to help you with the process of obtaining absolute clarity through the use of guided self-exploration. This process is necessary to help you master all your relationships in 2019 and beyond. Go on Amazon.com or BlackTherapistPodcast.com and grab your copy of the book guaranteed to help you redesign all your relationships based on two basic principles, health and happiness. Get your copy today. Welcome to the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. Now, if you are new to our show, I am your host, author, life strategist, and psychotherapist, Nikita Banks, in private practice in my hometown of Brooklyn, New York. I am available for both psychotherapy and coaching sessions, and you can find more information about that on my website, NikitaBanks.com. You can listen to our podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Pippa, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and BlackTherapistPodcast.com. If you are a mental health advocate or therapist and you want to buy our podcast merchandise, you can do so by visiting our site. And if you want access to our free mental health tips, free online trainings, discounted selective services, and resources, do so by joining our mailing list by texting "get happy" all one word to six six eight six six. If you love the podcast, please like, comment, and share. We love to hear from you. And if you want to send me some feedback, guest suggestions, or simply to say hey, you can contact us at our website, BlackTherapistPodcast.com. Please be mindful that this episode and all of the information that we provide here is just a resource and a tool to help get you started on your mental health journey. If you are feeling any mental health distress or you are having any significant issues, please feel free to reach out to us so that we can find you a mental health provider in your area. Okay, let's go. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Okay, so um, I have a confession to make. I just want to be super transparent <laughs> so last week I uploaded the episode and it wasn't a complete episode at first like I forgot to put the intro I forgot to put the outro but I was like you know what I'm gonna just upload this episode it wasn't until like two days later that I realized that it wasn't complete so I re-uploaded it but in the first day I had like 2000 downloads guys oh my god thank you um so we're gonna get into today's episode first of all this is the second part of the interview with Dantea Mitchell Hunter and we had such a good uh interview and had such a great time I hope you really enjoy this episode if you are a podcaster nope nope nah that's not what I meant to say if you are a therapist and a podcast so you can or me either or and you want to uh be featured on an episode of black therapist podcast make sure that you hit us up at black therapist podcast at gmail.com and we will respond or you can go on our website at black therapist podcast.com yes that's a better option and as soon as you log on to the be our guest tab it will take you through the process of becoming a guest so you will get um, the informational about how to become a guest you will get an email that will send you our pre-show 
production survey and it will get you a spot right on our production calendar okay and if there are no snafus or i don't have to work or there's not like a you know client emergency we'll get you on the show okay okay so last week's episode we started a new segment called what would you do now i'm not really sure what we're gonna call it i'm assuming that's what i'm gonna call it um or how would you deal with this situation it's really situational i like to call it scenario because that was like my jam back in the days and guys if you don't know the song scenario shame on you shame on you i'm not gonna explain to you what it is or what it does or what it means okay you know? but um so yeah on that i talk about real life scenarios and how you guys would handle it if you were healing right so last week i told you about a old friend of mine who wanted to rekindle a friendship with somebody in my past and who is not my friend and not never gonna be my friend (laughs) after she either slept with her boyfriend or tried to sleep with her boyfriend and slept with everybody else's boyfriend and so i wanted to kind of give you my feedback on how I would deal with that situation both in my personal life and in my therapy life right so if a client had come to me or if my my friend was my client and she came to me and she said hey you know what my friend um I found out that my friend tried to have sex with my boyfriend or she hooked my boyfriend up with someone else um because that happened in this situation too the shake is just trifling um what would what would what should I do about it I would walk them through the process of deciding whether or not this is a person that they want to have in their life so the first thing that I would ask them is what they like about this person and how they define friendships I think a lot of us call people our friends just based off of proximity and based off of past history but just because you grew up on the same block with somebody that doesn't mean that your goals values um, morals Uh, visions ideas around loyalty and respect is in alignment so I would ask her like how how do you define friendship and and mind you this is a friend that she's had we were friends I mean I wasn't like 15 but I think they were about 14 15 when I met them so these are friends that we've had for like a number of years and so you know and, and honestly these are some of the questions that I asked her when she first posed it to me um because she did kind of ask me my opinion without asking me my opinion so some questions that were asked of me I answered and it just kind of left her to her own devices but um yeah, I would I would ask you how you define a friendship. And if this person, as you know of them, right, because that was a long time ago, 15 years old, that's like, you know, almost 20 years ago, give or take. So this she may have evolved to a whole nother human being in that level of time. So but as we know of her past and we know who she is now is this the type of person that you could trust your intimate secrets your 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 wins and your failures 
and allowed to be in your the intimate spaces in your heart. And your answer to that would guide what I said next. But I would also ask, and the question that has been posed to me uh, on social media was, can you forgive the man? And that was something that was discussed in the conversation too. Like, you know, we as women forgive our men very easily for infidelity, but we don't forgive the other woman if the other woman knows and my answer to that is hell no I don't forgive the other woman this is this is me this is not therapy no more um and the reason that I don't I don't forgive the woman and it may just be a sexist excuse but the reason that I don't forgive the woman so readily or steadily or easily is because I know that men think of sex as a biological function and so if one of my friends sleeps with my man, I know for a fact she thought about it before she did it. Like we don't just go around just passing out the pee and not thinking about it before we do it. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, and I, I, I know the intimate details of this particular situation. I won't go into it because this is a podcast and these are people that I know, but the story as relayed to my friend by her partner at the time sound very valid to me. Like it, it, if you think about actions in sequences, it sounded like something that, that this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it all made sense that it would happen in that way. There's a, there's something that we, we're not quite sure about. Like, like we don't know if they did the deed or if they didn't do the deed. Cause of course he said that they didn't, but he said that the girl tried or whatever the situation was. I don't know. And that's not even, that's neither here nor there, but the fact that the guy was able to let him out the situation as honest as men are. Right. But that he told he was the one that told her about the situation. It led him. It gave him more leeway and more credibility in the situation than if homegirl would have come back and said, hey, you know what? I was hanging out with your with your guy. Me and him, you know, went somewhere. We did whatever. And he hit on me. If that would have happened, then I think that the forgiveness bubble, I think it would have been a a lot easier situation for her to be like, you know what, does that make sense? And is that in alignment with who I know my man to be as a human being? Does that sound like something that I can can charge to his character? Was that something that I believe that actually happened? So, um, you know, I would I would ask my client if they came in with this situation, if this was somebody that they wanted to be in. I was going to say in bed with that's not the right <laughs> that's not the right saying if this is somebody that they feel like they can move forward with with the with the open heart and that's the question that I asked her I, you know when I eventually I gave her some time and some space and allow her to think about if this was a relationship that she wanted to rekindle and she came back to me and she told me what what the decision was that she made and you know I told her I was just concerned that if this was a relationship that you rekindled and if this person has not changed not one bit again if I'm around her and you at your birthday party and my man is there do I gotta take my boo to the bathroom with me because this is the type of woman that I just simply have absolutely no trust on now I don't think that she could ever take anything of mine ever but my point is if 
you're the type of person that will throw yourself at a guy I don't know that I really want to be around you at any point like it's um, life is too short and there are too many good quality loyal women out there that will fight for us and if we don't we if we don't have integrity to bond over sisterhood and if we can't be loyal to our friends then who can we be loyal to like all right you sleep with some some guys and, and he has a girlfriend and you don't know and you find out or whatever that's that's a whole nother matter but like I would never in a million years sleep with my friends man not in a million years and I also clarified on social media if you're not following us on Miss Nikki Banks um, or Black Therapist Podcast on social media to join the conversations of the what would you do's, then shame on you. But I also clarified that this was somebody that we, we all knew that my friend was in love with. And so to violate the sanctity of that is crazy. And I told my friend, because one good quality about me, which is the most annoying thing about me, is that I can be objective in any situation, which means that I can remove myself and my own feelings from the situation. I can remove, you know, feelings from thoughts and actions and emotions. Like, I'm really good at, like, compartmentalizing certain issues. And so what I said to my friend was, you know, I know that she really valued your friendship. And before I could even finish the sentence, I was like, you know what? That don't jive because if she really truly valued your friendship the way I think she really truly valued your friendship, the way I would the way she expressed to me that she really truly valued your friendship and she loved you, there's no way she could have did to you what she said, what she what what was she's alleged of doing. And I believe she did it. So that's how we will we will resolve that issue. But this the question for this week, what would you do? Uh, was given to me on social media and I don't have my phone in front of me and it was a DM and I don't remember uh, who sent it so if you hear this question and it's yours uh, reach back out to me but the question that was posed to me and I'm probably going to screw this up was if you believe that wait let me see how how to word this do you believe that it is more important wait how do I wrote? <laughs> I don't have it in front of me guys sorry do you believe it is important to have a baby with a person prior to marriage just to make sure that they have virility let me say this again do you think if, if having a baby is very important to you in a relationship and you want to get married to procreate do you believe that it is probably better for you to have a baby with the person before marriage just so you know that their that their parts work is that a yay or nay what do you think about that okay so i will tell you what i think about that next week on the show and i'll also tell you how I would handle that if uh, a client came to me with that particular challenge. Okay. So yeah, that's that. If you have not joined our mailing list, shame on you. There are going to be some free opportunities to work with me coming up. I'm developing content for several of projects that I'm doing, which means I want to do some live workshops and live classes online. They will either be free 99 or low cost. 
Um, and so if you sign up to the mailing list, make sure that you reach out to me. I email you guys myself. I respond to my emails myself. It may take me a day or two, but I respond to them. I'm very interactive on there. You can ask me anything as long as it, it takes me less than five minutes to give you an answer. I will answer it. Um, and so if there's anything that you guys want me to teach that I haven't yet, if there's a subject that you want me to cover on the show that I haven't yet, if there's something you would like me to be doing that I haven't done yet, let me know because I'm very easily accessible right now. I'm sure my life will get really, really busy really, really soon. There are a lot of things happening in my life. Very, very good things. There's some changes that are happening. Again, also good. But I want to be as accessible and as transparent with you guys as I possibly can. For my social work students and my social workers. Oops. And therapists who are out there, drop me an email uh, as well because I'm trying to segment my list. There are things that I'm going to be teaching that are going to be specifically for therapists and social workers in terms of business marketing strategies and those kinds of things. And so if you are interested in any of those those free and low-cost contents, free and low-cost content. I was going to say free and low cost courses, but then I said course like cost like course. It threw me off. Anyway, if you are interested in any of those things, please reach out to me so I can add you to our separate mailing list that I'm going to be making for professionals only and for everybody else if it's relationship stuff if it is just mental healing, healing past traumas and those kinds of things. Email me or DM me. Okay. So we're going to get into the second half of this hilarious show with Dante, Dantea Mitchell Hunter. And I hope you enjoyed this episode and continue the conversation with us on our Instagram page and social. And I'll be launching a Facebook page soon, very soon, because I want to have a, a private community for you guys to like me. And so I can do like a lot of the live content and the chats with with you there so you can see me in the group okay all right again we are going to listen to the conclusion of our uh, our interview with Dante Mitchell Hunter peace so um yeah I find a lot of women especially black women emotionally dishonest Uh and I had to, before I even started this, I learned in my own relationships to stop having the coffee clutch where I would call and ask my my girlfriends, hey, he did this. Do you think he means this? (laughs) Um, Because because I realized they usually didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And I could just ask the guy, like you said, like, you know, we often act against our own interests when it comes to romantic relationships. And I think it's necessary that we have the necessary clarity to be able to say, this is what I need. And I need to figure out if this person is going to be able to fill my needs, if this person is willing to fill my needs, or if this is something that they even want to be engaged in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's true. All right. <laughs> How well you told me something interesting about how you practice. So you want to tell them, like how you? Yeah. What's the op- the treatment options of if they want to see you as a therapist in either Georgia or Washington State? 
Yes, of course. So my practice is called Soirees and Therapy, and it's fully online. So what happens is if you wanted to sign up, I do individual sessions, and I also do couples therapy. And basically when you sign up, you will get like a link. And when it's time for our session, you will click that link and it'll bring you into a portal. So basically it's just like FaceTime. It's just video, it's video therapy. A lot more clinicians are moving in that direction. I wanted to create this back to the beginning of this because I have my license active in Washington. So if you want to work with me, I am open to seeing clients and it's fully online. Okay. All right, cool. And I had another question, but I don't remember what it is right now. Do you, you I know you told me your niche, but you, do you have any particular um, modalities that you, you employ? I like that, that I employ. That sounds, sounds fancy. Yeah, so. <laughs> I went to college, girl. I went to, I went to a good school. <laughs> I read a few books. <laughs> modalities that I employ is solution focused grief therapy. And I love solution focused. <laughs> yes. Me too. You know what's funny? In grad school I was like, whack, I don't like that modality. Blah 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 blah. I love it now. So basically we'll meet and we'll identify the goal that you know that once you reach that goal that we won't need to work with each other anymore. So like what will it look like when it's time for you to graduate from services? We'll identify that goal. And then each time we meet, it's usually for about 8 to 12 sessions on average when it comes to solution-focused uh, brief therapy. Each time we meet, we'll identify the next step you need to take. Small steps, very small steps you can take to reach your goal. That's my main modality. The, what I do underneath that is I talk a lot about race, you know, uh, gender, um, social injustices, I, I bring a lot of that into the room as well. Mm-hmm. What challenges do you find when someone is grieving? I have a client right now, um, and I swear, we've only had one session, but I really want to get her back into into counseling. Um, I think it was too, too emotional, emotionally stimulating for her. And with Mother's Day coming, I think it was a lot. Uh, she, yeah. her son was murdered and he, he seemed, sounded like an excellent kid. She did everything right. And then someone took his life. And so, um, I know, yeah. So I, what was good for her to be able to come to counseling surrounding that issue was that she felt like she could just breathe. And she kept saying, well, I feel more comfortable speaking to you about this because her psychiatrist was white um and then when we were finished like she just came and gave me a big hug and I wanted to like cry with her because as a mother of a son who I've done a great job with I that's my worst fear and that's what I kept I said to her in in session because she was like you know I want to just move on it's been two years people are like why haven't I just moved on and I was like because you're living a black woman's nightmare but what challenges do you do you 
think people face when they are trying to, or they're going through the grieving process? Yeah, honestly, grief is one of those one of those things that I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard to be in grief, and it's hard as therapist, and that's, unless that's your specialty to deal with grief. For me, I just I just take it really slow. Like I. I want to make sure I'm understanding and not like asking a lot of um, uh, direct questions. It's more just me listening, just a lot of listening and validating and just kind of speaking to the whole, what is loss, like the loss of rituals, loss of, loss of um, routine. So things like that, I like to speak to that and just really try to just be there in stillness with them until someone is ready to really, um, move forward so there's a lot of just that that beginning phase of feeling stuck and we all know that grief is not you don't go from like step one to step seven it's all over the place allowing them to feel angry happy sad back to angry back to shock you know just to be there yeah i think the hardest place is to allow them to 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 give into a space where it's okay for them to experience happiness and joy and pleasure in those moments mm-hmm. because because yeah. again there's a, a significant amount of shame that comes yeah from that yeah i agree okay so tell the people how to how to reach you all right so you can find me at com. you can also find me on Instagram. I'm building up my Instagram page slowly but surely. We're getting there. Okay. It's Soirees <laughs> in Therapy, so it's across the board with Instagram and my website. Okay, cool. And um, we spoke yesterday. Usually there's like no pre interview, but we spoke yesterday and I was like, I feel like I've known her forever. Um, oh, I know. I know, I know what I wanted to. to to ask you so i seattle uh oh okay so seattle is one of the places on the west coast that i have actually visited and there are not a lot of brown people i'm just gonna be honest i went to go see see my friend who played for the seahawks at time long 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 time ago and he was like hey you know everyone knows that i'm a football player here because there aren't a lot of darkies in town so as a therapist that's 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 what i'm saying that's not what he said (laughs) but we did stick out like a sore thumb he was like i really hate he's like i hate going to to dinner because everybody knows what i do for a living and i hate Uh, we we were in walmart he's like i don't do this it was a very strange trip liked the atmosphere did not like being like the only brown person in the restaurant so how is it being a clinician in that of, of color in that kind of environment? Hmm. You know, I I hadn't thought about that. I guess I really? just took it more as yeah, because as a clinician, I'm sought after, right? Because there's not a lot of us, right? So you will find us. When I was working in community mental health, when someone would come in and say, I want someone that's African-American or black, you know, that, that wasn't, like, that wasn't an issue. It's, it's more, 
what is awkward though, and this happens even at conferences sometimes, is when you go to like a conference or a training and you're one of the C-Blacks. Like that still, it doesn't fuck, I'm not competent, it just feels like, dang, okay, I know there's, I know there's more, so that part, that's the only time I pause. But I never, I never thought about like what it would be to, you know, be like a practice, a private practice on her. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So at conferences, what happens? Yeah, so at conferences, you will uh, walk in the space that's majority, majority white. Like, so majority white where you, you start to do that whole, like, every black person, you, you see one person in the classroom and you, you go say hi, and, or you wave, or you smile, you know, you do that kind of, like, that, like, secret energy talk. Um a lot of a lot of clinicians are older, so they're maybe like over the age of fifty five. So you also go young and black, which is also that's a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it just it just feels it doesn't feel as uh, diverse because Seattle is diverse, just some parts of it is not. So so yeah. Well, I don't know it's where I, I can't tell you where I was. I guess uh, where... I didn't know where you were. Okay, well I don't know. I don't know where I was, but I just was yeah. like, it's no brown folks. I can't, like, let's go back in the house. I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm like, uh-uh, I can't. Mm-mm, no, sir. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for the invite, but no, 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 no. And it's so strange because yeah. my son has been looking at jobs in Seattle. And so I was like, you would see it. You see it. Yeah. You really want to do yeah. it? Yeah, well, he's in a. Yeah. He just graduated with his bachelor's degree, and he's in the tech field. So, oh please, yeah, please, please come, please. So, come to Seattle, absolutely. We will see. We will see. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that's a good thing that you are licensed there to give people the options. I had somebody else DM me, and she was like, "Hey, I'm a therapist in Colorado," and I was like, "You must be popping with with the I people know. of <laughs> with the people of color out there." But yeah, it's great too. Yes to, you know, have those spaces for people of color in environments where they don't, they're, they're underrepresented. Because even in a city as diverse as New York, a lot of what I deal with in my practice is people trying to navigate white employment spaces, you know, in brown okay. bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a little, it's a little different in the private now job absolutely I can relate to that well I had I had I had that here I've dealt with you know I've had some really amazing white um therapists supervisors social work supervisors like amazing I was arguing with my, my my partner one time and I was like in school and I was in my office and the lights were out and I was on the couch and my my, you know, I was crying on the phone and my supervisor came in and then she just tiptoed back out. She tiptoed back out of the office. <laughs> <laughs> and, and her name is Mrs. Feely. Like how, how amazing <laughs> for a therapist to have the name Mrs. Feely. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, she just, she just tiptoed back out of the office and clearly I wasn't supposed to be on the phone and clearly I wasn't supposed to be in there crying. But it took me another, like, 10 or 15 minutes to, like, figure out, get myself together. And then I went out, yeah. and she was like, did you just need a minute? 
did you just need some time to yourself? Do you want, can I give you a hug? And I was like, of course. So yeah, I have some really great white clinicians um, that I've worked yeah. with and for and wore on supervisors, but I've had some horror stories myself. And I know that a lot of people think yeah. that New York is the melting pot, but my old place that I worked, like there was a huge Trump banner bigger than me. This is before he was oh. elected. Yeah, before he was even elected. And so I was like, this is the neighborhood that I'm working in. I've had white patients come to me and be like, I really don't like black people. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, you do see my skin color. Right. Uh Um, Which is Uh weird because I've said not something similar to my therapist, but something was going on. And, and, you know, even in my, my private practice that I work at now, the whole office is either black or Latino. And, you know, because we, we work, with a lot of mandated clients, there are white people in government who are trying to shut us down, I'll say. And so I went into my therapy session and I was like, white people are really getting on my nerves this week. And my therapist was like, you do realize I'm white. And I was like, not, not like you. I'm not talking about you right now. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My therapist is Jewish. Uh, No, I, yeah, I remember that. That's an interesting response that that they said that, like, you know, because you guys have been working together for some time. Oh, was it a joke or was it just like, was it the first No, episode? yeah, yeah. I, okay. So, because I'm a professional now, I understand the nuances of how my therapist functions. It's probably not the way we're supposed to function. Like, it's not, it's not what, I won't say that. It's not what we learned in school. Mm-hmm. But in my practice, it's not what we learned in school. Um, mm-hmm. In the organization that I that I work with, and that you know, they own the practice building where I am. That thing is totally not what you learn in school. So, you know, a, a lot of things that we're taught about disclosure and not telling our own personal business and being mindful of our rings and not having up, you know our significant others and always kind of like pussyfooting around who we are um, mm-hmm. in a therapeutic space because of the way it may, I'll say, um, impede to on the therapeutic relationship with the clients. I don't really feel like that's a thing for, for us because I think that a lot, like, like when I worked in a school setting, I feel like I'm getting off topic. But when I worked in a school setting, I had a picture of myself and my graduation and my son. Mm-hmm. And then I had a picture of my partner there. And the kids would often ask about the, my partner or whatever he was doing in the photo, and I would, I would answer it. But I thought it was important for me to be in a black school to, for them to see a family unit. And I thought yeah. it was important for me to be, for me being in a school, for me to have a picture of me graduating from college there like I was very mindful of the messages that I was sending with certain things I know a lot about my therapist at this point um not nothing too personal but he's he's he brings himself to the sessions and I think that I I don't think I appreciate that part of it so he didn't mean anything by it but he was just being snarky I'm used to him by now (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. I think yeah I think I think self-disclosure I mean, I tell my clients, I will self-disclose. Not my entire life, I will do a little bit of it. Just to kind of break apart that, like, oh, I'm a therapist, my life is perfect. No, like, I life, life slaps me up, too, so that's fine. And 
there is a fine line though, right? Of sharing too much of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that self disclosure for the guy, for you guys listening is just telling your own business to your clients. But yeah, I ha- but I did. I, my friend, she went to a therapist, and she was like, "My therapist, all she does is talks about herself." And I was like, "Oh no, are, are you serious? No. Are you sure?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's no. all she does. Like sometimes I feel like I'm her therapist." And I was like, so "You need a? Re- are you asking me for a referral? Because I'm confused at why you go and pay, and you're yeah. listening to that person's problems." And I get no, it though. That's because a I, I mean, I literally said that to one of my, to my patients, patient yesterday, because especially with black people who are my, my patients in hospitals, trying to get them to go to a therapist, I often tell them, listen, I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy. Uh-huh. It's nothing wrong with me. I am a therapist. Like I told my client yesterday, I was like, I listen to people's problems all day. Nobody calls to ask me if I'm all right. Nobody calls to ask yeah. me what my problems are. So I pay somebody to, to listen to my problems. Uh-huh. And I'm very honest about that. Just because they understand that there's such a stigma around therapy. Even therapists have therapy. Even therapists yeah. go. So I just kind of... I got one. Yeah, I don't mind telling my business when I feel like it's in in the betterment of the clients or to their yeah. advantage. Exactly. Okay. All right. So are you accepting new clients in both Seattle and in Georgia? Yeah, I am accepting new clients in both states. Okay. So I have right now, I have um, evening appointments and I have Saturday availability. That might be changing. However, right now, Saturdays are open as well. Girl, I got, I'm, I'm in my office tomorrow, Saturday, and the person that, one of the people that booked with me tomorrow, she's like, well, can I see you next week? I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, nope. Can but- I see the week after? Nope. It's my summertime. I want to enjoy my summertime, too. I don't be in nobody's office listening to people's problems all weekend. <laughs> I got things to do for the next two weeks, but in three weeks, I'll be back. So, yeah, yeah. Saturday availability is primary. It's so key yeah. because everybody wants those after-work hours, and Mama only has a few of those to give. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I love working on Saturdays, especially early in the daytime, but I need the rest of my day, so. Exactly. And that's self-care, right? That's how we show our clients that we also prioritize our our own sense of happiness, our own sense of well-being. Because if you're there all day Saturday, you're going to be no good. For sure. Okay, so last question. What inspired you to become a black clinician? Well, you're black anyway. But to become a, <laughs> what inspired you to become black? Uh, birth? <laughs> <laughs> well, it happened in Seattle. <laughs> I mean, what inspired you to become a clinician? Oh, man. I, I'm going to have to look back and uh, look at the definition of tiger mom. I don't think that was my mom. When she listens to this, she's probably going to call me immediately. Well, by the time I came around, I'm the third third uh, child. So my mom had all girls, and I'm the third. Okay. And with the other two, I don't know. My mom kind of just let them do, like, you know, like, find, find your own way, whatever, whatever. When it came to me, she made sure I knew what I wanted to do, like, by the age of eight. And so, wow. at, yeah, she was like, you're going to college. What do you want to do when you grow up? Like, all that. I got all of that. So, at that time, I knew I liked to talk a lot. 
as you can tell. Facts. I can talk a lot. And um, I don't know, something must have happened where my mom and her friends uh, saw me as like a little mature young lady, of course, and uh, they said I was like a, a prophet, you know, like Christian religious things like that. So basically, that led to some of her friends. This is, this is a true story. Her adult friends would call me, eight-year-old, and like ask me for advice. Inappropriate. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> listen, listen. No, uh, <laughs> and so I would be talking to them for like an hour, just like talking to them. And so I think at some point during that, I was like, oh, I want to be a psychologist. And I just kept that all the way, all the way through school. Uh, it wasn't until I was graduating from Spelman that my mentor gave me a brochure for couples and family therapy because I was going to go get my PhD in clinical psych. And I saw that brochure and I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. So uh, working with relationships and things like that. Okay. That's a short story. That's a very interesting story. What the hell was those people calling you for eight years old asking you for advice? (laughs) They did. (laughs) (laughs) Like... I see my I see my eight year old self. Okay, so just just full disclosure, whenever my mother would leave me with my aunt, I, she didn't leave me with people very often. I had like a list of three people that my mother would allow to babysit me. But whenever she would leave me at my aunt's house, <laughs> I should be ashamed to say this. Uh, she she would have to give me money, and they would immediately take me to the store to get me candy cigarettes. <laughs> So I see my eight-year-old self with my candy cigarette in my mouth on the phone listening to your your mother's friends grown up grown up problems. Like, like it's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> oh, I mean, it didn't last long. I hope you gave them good advice. <laughs> I think I did because they kept calling. Like I had, you know, hey, man, <laughs> you do what you're told. So if your mom's up to get on the phone and talk to this person, you do it. And yeah. So yeah. Was it relationship problems? Like what kind of problems did they have that they were discussing with the eight-year-old? I don't remember. I don't. I really don't remember all of that. I do remember there was a situation around like, like a move, like moving somewhere. Um, I'm sure it could have been relationships. Like, who, who doesn't want to talk about relationships? I have to ask my mom. I don't. I do so did they know. think, did, did, was this like a religious thing? Did they think that you just kind of was a seer or something? They thought that I was a prophet. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Because when I, we, we used to go to church in Brooklyn. Well, I, I grew up here for the majority of my life. And then we moved to Virginia when I was 12. <laughs> But when we lived in Brooklyn, I do I do distinctly remember a young prophet coming to the church and like people asking him questions and stuff. So okay, that religious wise, that that makes a little bit more sense. I'm I got my counselor hat on, so I thought you was doing like relationship counseling at eight. <laughs> no. Which sounds like me because I did used to I have an older sister and I used to run her love life. And I was mm-hmm. I was young, but I would tell her what to do. Like I've always kind of been boisterous, and I want to yeah. get. I like I always want what I want when I want it. So I didn't. Un, I yeah. don't. I still to this day don't understand people who act against their own interest 
when all you want is to get your needs met. Like, I don't know anybody who doesn't mm-hmm. like to get their own way. So. Well. <laughs> but I've always Be been surprised. like, no, I, I won't. I, trust me, I won't be surprised. If, if, <laughs> if people knew how to do that, we probably would be out of business. But, but yeah, we like. Would. We would be. But yeah, I've always kind of been that person when it's when it's come to my sister's love life. So I get it. Yeah, I would say. But but I short, also short I also think it's amazing though that we just kind of know. I think all of the negative things that I've had or negative feedback that I've had about myself in my life, like I talk too much. That was the number one thing people said when my mother would go up to open school night. Nikita talks too much. She talks too much. And now I get paid to talk for, for a little. I was either talking too much, I was too bossy. I was always telling people what to do. Hello, that's why I get paid to do now. Okay, there's a job for you. Are you? <laughs> that's why you're so like, yeah. 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 Same, same. yeah so it, I think it's lot. amazing when you when you find yeah. your purpose early. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think the sensitivity thing is my intuition. My intuition is so real. It's, it's insane. So. Yeah, the same. The same. I'm I, really, I can, with a client can come into me with their stuff, and I see it early. I'd be like, you got this, mm-hmm. this, and this going on, which is why I love solution-focused treatment as well. Yes. And a lot of people, like, coaching is like this, and, and Therapy goes on forever. Solution focus is nothing but a coaching method in built within, uh, you know, the therapeutic system. Yep. It can be short term. It can be longer term. But it's really about, you know, creating goals and hitting benchmarks and holding the person accountable and removing blockages. That's all that coaching is. That's all that therapy is. Uh You just can't diagnose and you can't. So I, I don't I don't like when people try to differentiate those things, but solution focus really is a coaching method built inside of the therapeutic process. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Okay, so great. I'm 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 so grateful we finally got this conversation because you like and I was looking at the email that you sent me last year and I was like, oh God. I gotta get this girl <laughs> on. Like I gotta get her on. Cause we were supposed <laughs> no, to do I... this do this yesterday. We're supposed to do this last week and both of us forgot that we were supposed to do this yesterday and then my, my client had all kind of emotional breakdowns in the middle of the night and it pouring rain I had to go over there so I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to get this get this done I'm glad too it all worked out the way it was supposed to so this is fine okay. I appreciate it thank you for having me no problem hey guys I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it once again, we want to thank our guest, um, our open invitation guest, my, my new cousin, uh, Dante Mitchell Hunter. I, I, she, I said that she was my favorite guest so far. She was like, I'm your favorite guest ever, and you're never getting rid of me. So it's always good to have a sister girl, out, especially out in Seattle or a place that I very rarely visit. So when I go to visit, I can drop in and say, hey. Anyway, um, if you want to be on the show, Sorry, I couldn't resist picking that up. If you want to be on the show or if you want us to cover a topic on the show, make sure that you hit us up on our 
Instagram pages or you can hit us up on the website. If you have not yet signed up to our mailing list, I don't know what you're waiting for. You can go on our blacktherapistpodcast.com website and sign up. You can also buy our t-shirts, sweatshirts, merchandise, and everything there. Okay. All right. Be well. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Once again, you can follow us on all our social media sites at Black Therapist Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, as well as Black in Therapy on Facebook. Or you can follow your host, me, Miss M-S-N-I-K-I, thanks, on Instagram and Twitter, as well as you can find out any information about me at Nikita, N-I-K-I-T-A, banks.com, and on the show's website, Black therapistpodcast.com and don't forget if you want to send us any general feedback show suggestions uh, show topics or guest ideas please feel free to drop us an email at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com thank you be well